The Murder on the Eastern Asia, specifically Japan, Bound Express by Ian Smith. Chapter 2 The Evidence. Lucille clasps her arms tightly and stares at the wall on what she assumed was the port side. The trip had gone from bad to worse for Lucille, as well as for most of the passengers on the voyage, as if having to switch luxury submarines over a captain's frivolous involuntary chest hole wasn't bad enough. She was forced to endure the presence of an underprivileged and now two corpses, for which Lucille was accused of being responsible. It's a prime suspect, Lucy. You got some splaining to do. It's a lie. I can't be responsible. I'm not a responsible person. We caught you red-handed. You're the murderer, just admit it. I didn't kill anyone. Oh, right. You didn't kill him. Whatever you bludgeoned him with killed him. You liberals are all alike with your logic. Monsieur? What makes you think he was bludgeoned to death? Uh, because... Look at his head. He must have been hit with something pretty hard. But you said bludgeoned, as if you know he was murdered. Why not clobber or pummel? I mean, those are synonyms. Synonyms? Or the slip of a guilty conscience? He's lying. He did it, and now he's trying to pin it on me. Carol and Joyce join the rest of the travelers in the canteen. Maybe if you had more work ethic, Joyce, you'd be able to pull yourself out of... What's going on in here? Why is my mother sitting? Is that Todd? And how is it you know the identity of the victim, Joyce? What? what because I can see it's him. Interesting. Yet you somehow did not see the murderer. How your eyes pick and choose what they see. The murderer is Lucille. It's as clear as day on a mostly clear day. It wasn't me. I came in here after I went to my room and found Todd just lying there. I went to remind him his laziness is why he's so poor when I saw all the blood. What were you doing in your room, Lucille? Why do you care? You couldn't afford anything in there. Because if we don't figure out who it is, you're all planning on blaming me. And you're saying that's just a coincidence? Curious how desperate you are to point the finger somewhere else, Joyce. Excusez-moi. As insufferable as the, how you English say, divorcee is, she raises a good question. Mademoiselle Lucille, what were you doing in your cabin instead of coming with us to the Topito room? I... Lucille's eyes quickly dart to her daughter and back. I don't have to answer that. She's hiding something. Let's burn her at the stake. Mon ami Richard, you look equally guilty and only half as pretty. We will not burn her at the stake. The smoke, she will never leave these curtains. Instead, we will search all the rooms together, and we will start with Joyce's room. Why mine? Because we are mean to you, Joyce. There is a clear pattern. The passengers find their way to the sleeping compartments down a long, tight corridor of dark wooden panels and a dull green carpet. This first room is Joyce's. How did you know that? It is where I hear the crying the loudest at night when I sneak to the kitchen for treats. Come! Do you just want me to unlock it? I almost have it battered down. I cannot stop now. The pain is too great. There we are. Everyone in. Dig through Joyce's belongings for clues. 
Leave no bras here unintruded upon. Well, hold on now. I have some personal stuff I don't want anyone touching. Ew, gross. Is this your ex-husband? Why do you still have a picture of him? Which one of you settled for the other? I can't tell. Hey, give me that! <laughs> what in tarnage? Did you fire a cannonball through these underwear? Look at the size of this hole! Put those down, that's not evidence. <laughs> look, it's big enough for my whole face! Hey, look at this, check this out. Uh -oh. Here's Johnny! <laughs> <laughs> right? What if that was a reference to something in the future, maybe? Put down my underwear! Are we done? Can we move on yet? There's nothing here. Almost. We have not quite finished trashing your room. There! Watch your step, there are mirror shots everywhere! On to the next room of our deceased Mr. Nobotov. <laughs> Shut up, Joyce! Ah, much easier the second time. Now, be careful. Put everything back where you found it. We want it spotless when we leave. You guys are assholes. Just because you ignore me doesn't mean I don't exist. Just ignore her? Any clues? Nothing unusual in this here trunk. Just some evening gowns, pearl necklace. Are, are these FDR nipple tassels? Those are earrings. That's my trunk. I've been looking everywhere for my gowns. It went missing last night. I've had to look like one of Joyce's friends all day, wearing normal clothes. Excuse you, Carol. You look nothing like my friends. That's because she's real, darling. What's this? Bloody gloves. How did these get in here, Carol? Those aren't mine. This is very suspicious, Madame New Prime Suspect. Okay, fine. I crush baby chicks in my hand for fun, and I've been putting them in the vents so no one would find out. Is that wrong? Debatable. But is it illegal? No. I think it is. Not in international waters. Still pretty dark. Silence! What is this? Inspector Perreur reaches behind the pillow on the bed and pulls out a crusty sock, tucked away like it had been purposefully hidden. A sock? Most likely from the density and texture, a personal sock to our Mr. Nobatov. Perreur holds the sock just a few inches from his face, the stench of fermentation unable to break his concentration. A crimson itch embroidered on the ankle. Does this hold any significance to anyone here? No. Hmm. Why the H on Ivan's property? Why the hide the sock? So many questions and no answers. But we are off to the next room. Carol and Lucille, I believe your quarters are next door. The doors are unlocked. You don't have to bark. Ah, but I have grown accustomed to it. Here we go! Inside, you know the drill. The group scours the Von Berg's room for clues, which takes longer as a result of Lucille and Carol's insistence on watching Joyce. That snow globe is not to keep Joyce. I wasn't gonna. Someone should take the rest of these chicks, though, for safekeeping. Oh, this room is like a blind monkey covered in coconut oil. Absolutely clueless. Suspiciously. Absolutely clueless. Almost as if it were made so. 
I told you, I was only in here to put on my makeup. Yes, the concealer makes me wonder, mon ami, to conceal what? On to our last room, Monsieur Texas's room. I, I don't know if we really need to. I think we have enough evidence to work with, don't you think? Why are you getting all defensive, Richard? Shut up, Joyce. Why are you getting all defensive, Richard? You have something to hide in your room? No, I just think maybe you're all tired is all. Let's all take a siesta. Do you mean a Ford Fiesta? This is your Captain Starboard speaking. Waiting on that hot chocolate I know Todd wants to make me. The local time is currently unknown. Did not plan ahead for that. But what is known is that a Japanese cruiser has been spotted in the area, and we are currently surfacing to engage. Please retrieve the firearms from under your dining seats first before assisting others, and make your way to the nearest hatch. No surrender, and have a great afternoon. Or morning. The group races down the hall back to the canteen and rush to retrieve the weapons lying underneath the cushions on the metal benches. Mine's missing! Who took my gun? Just grab another. There's plenty of open seats. Up the ladder, the passengers get their first breath of fresh air in days as they climb out onto the drenched deck of the submarine, bobbing 20 feet from the unsuspecting Japanese warship. Clear them all! The unprepared Japanese soldiers are ripped apart as they scramble to grab their rifles and return fire. A few bullets whiz past Carol as the Japanese emerging from below decks are blasted into the water. Die, you sons of bitches! Richard is hit in the leg and collapses to the deck. Richard! Richard, are you okay? Mind your own business, Joyce. Ah! It's my leg! When the firing dies, a lone Japanese soldier pulls himself free from the pile of his fallen allies. Take him aboard! At Biro's behest, the Japanese prisoner is taken below deck to the canteen, where he is bound, bandaged, and baptized while awaiting his fate. Where'd you get the holy water? It was in a pee jar. This is Captain Starboard speaking. Pretty groovy shooting, everyone. Hope that word catches on someday. We are currently 2-0 for your scorekeeping fanatics out there, and are making our descent back to cruising depths. Cabin crew, prepare for your popping. Richard, how is your leg? Bandaged up pretty good, but can't rightly walk on it much. Well, you should have moved out of the way. Bullets only go in a straight line, you know. Excuse you, have you seen Wanted? Hey, where's Lucille? Everyone looks around the room to find Lucille isn't among them. Who do you think you are to interrupt me, Joyce? You sniveling little c- Wait a minute. Where's Lucille? Everyone but Joyce looks around the room again to find Lucille still isn't among them. She's not here again. Mother! We must find her. She is still the prime suspect. What about the prisoner? (sighs) Monsieur, if we leave you here, do you pinky swear you will stay put? I don't think he can... Let the man speak! Monsieur? (coughs) That takes care of one problem, but on to the other. Come! I can't. My leg. Joyce, you stay with Richard. Do not let them out of your sight. 
Fine, it's not like I get a say in any of no, this. No, I don't want to be around her. No one does, but you are a subprime suspect and cannot be trusted. Onwards, Carol, into the abyss of uncertainty. What's all of your problem with me? Honestly, Joyce, it's just fun. Carol and Virel retrace their steps before the attack. She was with us this far. She must be around here. Mother? Lucille! Mom? Mommy? <gasps> what? What is it? I found her. Inside the gold-plated llama room, another one of the underutilized perks on the sub, lay Lucille's body, sprawled out on the red-stained straw. Body juice oozes from the bullet hole in her chest, while her glazed eyes stare fixed on a pistol, inches from her outstretched fingertips. She has been shot. From a gun. I am almost sure of it. You mean one of the llamas did it? Not even close. A llama is a gentle creature, only uses firearms in dire situations. No, you see here on the wall, an indentation. You mean one of the llamas did it? I, uh, no, what? No, no, the indentation most likely from a bullet. Perhaps the same one that is lodged in your mother. But why? Was anyone else missing when we were up there? I don't remember. I do not either. The narrator was vague about that. But Inspector Poirot is getting close to solving this case. Don't don't keep talking in the third person. It's weird. Mm-hmm. Come, Carol. Inspector Poirot must look in one last location before he can solve this case. and himmel my shoulder. That's why I said pick the lock or take Richard's key to get into his room. You don't have to bash down everyone's door with your body. I had it down before, but the pain is wearing on me. I... Look. Among the New Hampshire-shaped belt buckles and the everything's biggish in New Hampshire yo-yos on the floor of Richard's room was a bowed piece of paper with a sketched portrait. Perreur pulls out his handkerchief and carefully picks it up by the corner. His eyebrow furls, as does his moustache. We must inquire Monsieur Texas about this at once. Why? What is it? Slow down! Look, it only makes sense that the earth would be flat, you know, since science actually... Richard! What were you doing with this sketch of Mr. Nabatov in your room? Where did you find that? Someone planted it. Your door was locked. I I I can explain. It was you the whole time. And you killed my mother. And the others. Admit it. Others? He killed the prisoner. It is no time to point fingers, Mr. Texas. You are now my prime suspect. I hope that bullet wound hurts. Ow! Hey, don't smack it. I said I can explain. Then go ahead, you murderer. I drew it last night. Drawing's been a hobby of mine since I was a kid. I always regretted inheriting an oil empire and not becoming an artist. So I got bored in my room, and there's nothing else to do. So you sketched the deceased from memory. I find that hard to believe when there are more accessible things like the hand turkey. 
But it's true. I'm working on faces, and turkeys don't have any. Turkeys don't have good alibis, and neither do you. He did it, and this is all the proof we need. That's only proof that I have passion in my heart. It's obvious one of you two did it, so I should be completely out of consideration, right? No choice. You are a trusted and loyal backup, Skipcoat. There is no changing that now. For your sake, Inspector Parah needs some time to think. Oh, the third person thing again? He believes he has all the pieces to work out precisely what happened and why, and in the meantime, he will need all of you to sit quietly and patiently, only speaking to admire the regal nature of my pondering. You just want us to sit here and... But quiet. Sit, all of you. Inspector Perrault steps over Nabatov's mangled body to find a seat facing the room... Richard swings his bloody leg onto the floor to make room for Joyce and Carol. The evidence of the case swirled around Perar's head as if pieces of a puzzle circling a drain at the end of a ridiculous monkey's bath. We seek the truth from within, not without, Perar thought, as he said the words aloud. Logic alone would dry and unmonkey smell the pieces of this murder puzzle for the great Perrault to then put together. Was he up for the challenge? As Perrault sought, there's nothing else to do right now. End chapter two. Hey there, welcome to Jug and O'Farties. What can I get you started with? Do you have any lentils? Um, no, just what's on the menu. Oh. I see. Uh, how about some marzipan soup? Uh, no, no, still just, uh, what's on the menu? What about some frittata a la mode? No. Apple beans? No. Baked wheat? No. Raisin bisque? No. Al dente flan whips? Nope. Blanched calzone cords? No. Nah. Curl fries flambe? Nope. Santum gum? Nope. Unleavened pork boys? No. Coleslaw? Coleslaw? Cold slaw. It's a slaw chilled to a room temperature. No. Fine. Well, it's also my birthday. Can uh, can someone come uh, sing to me before I go across the street to TGO Fridays? <sighs> Do you work at a restaurant with average to slightly above average looking customers who make you sing a knockoff birthday song instead of the real one over a copyright technicality at your chain restaurant? Now there's Safe Sing. With Safe Sing, you're safe to sing the copyrighted version of the birthday song without worry, thanks to our patent-pending lyric lads. Just sing the birthday song next to one of our lyric lads. Happy birthday to you. And when the lawyers show up with their fancy paperwork... I'm here to serve you this cease and desist. Our lyric lad will get right to work. I sang that song just now. It was all me. best part is, it'll be ruled a murder-suicide, no questions asked. Our lyric lads have nothing to lose. They're okay with this. So if you or someone you know works in the hospitality industry, call SafeSing to get peace of mind today. What's that? Happy birthday's in the public domain now? Uh, since 2016, you say? Oh, alright. Never mind, forget I said any of that. Dr. Raymond Pants, Books on Tape on Demand is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.